Welcome to Tashma, the podcast where you get to listen in on Hadar's Beit Midrash. I'm Rabbi Avi Killip. Each week this year, we will hear a Dvar Torah on the weekly Parsha from our Rosh Hashiva, Rabbi Aviva Richmond. Let's listen. Hi, this is Aviva Richmond from Hadar, sharing thoughts on Parshat Kitetze. Sexual ethics, consent, community, covenant. Exercising leadership means taking responsibility. At the end of last week's Parsha, Shoftim, elders of a town closest to an unsolved murder proclaim they bear no responsibility for the murder and ask for atonement. Yet the Talmud learns from this ceremony of disclaiming guilt that leaders nonetheless generally do bear responsibility, for example, to provide proper accompaniment as travelers leave their city. Blood of the heifer drips down their hands as they claim they have no blood on their hands. The importance of leadership taking responsibility can also ground our reading of this week's Parsha, Kitetze, which discusses many examples of illicit sex acts. Often the Torah points in the direction of determining guilt for the specific parties involved, but some commentaries here offer a path that focuses more on the responsibility of a community and the role of leadership to create a culture wherein bodily integrity and human dignity can flourish. Every unaddressed case of sexual victimization, like the unsolved murder, should lead a community and its leadership to feel shaken, to step out of their routine and reflect on their role in what happened and what it will take for this to go differently in the future. Discussing the rape of a betrothed young woman, the Torah focuses on the environment, drawing a distinction between the city and the field. At face value, this distinction is quite disturbing. In a city, she is presumed to be complicit in this illicit sex act. She must not have cried out, because if she had, people would have intervened. Her silence is taken as evidence of her consent. In the field, she is presumed to have been coerced. She must have cried out, but nobody was there to hear and respond. This passage raises many, many questions. Couldn't there be cases of coercion in the city? What if she couldn't cry out because she was gagged or scared? or numb from shock? What if there happened to be no one around to hear her, even in the city? Or what if there were people around, but they weren't able or willing to respond? Is it possible that she is culpable in the city and exempt in the field? Ask the rabbis in the Midrash Sifrei Devarim. They respond. The verse teaches, The betrothed maiden cried out, and there was none to save her. From this verse they learn, that if there is none to save her, whether in the city or the field, she is innocent. The question is, was this a context where she could have expected people to hear, to care, and to respond? Before any conversation about consent can get off the ground, the rabbis stress that there has to be an environment that is a quote-unquote city, where there is a context and culture in which people care, and there is clear expectation of response to an act of sexual coercion. One cannot look at an individual's silence or screaming in a vacuum. A medieval commentary explains that the definition of a city, a culture that cares, depends on leadership. In a passage in the Talmud that discusses cases of wives taken as captives, Rabbi Yom Tov ben Avraham of the 13th century in Seville, known as the Ritva, posits that under the rule of King Ahasuerosh in the Purim story, the entire kingdom of Persia should be classified as a quote-unquote field. He describes Ahasuerosh as a womanizer and goes on to say that anyone in his kingdom who raped a woman didn't care about it because they had Ahasuerosh as their model. No one took this seriously. Due to its leadership and culture, 
this height of civilization at the time was like being in the middle of nowhere because no one would pay attention or respond to sexual coercion. Rabbi Yom Tov goes on to say that in cases of sexual coercion in Ahasuerus' city, the fact that women didn't scream in no way indicated that they were complicit. They didn't scream because they knew that no one was listening. They were silent, not because they consented, but out of despair. The city versus field distinction isn't about whether there happened to be some bystanders who could swoop in valiantly to rescue a victim. It is not about individuals, but depends on the larger culture. When a leader sets a tone of not caring about sexual assault, it can't help but pervade the entire ethos of the culture. It will happen all the time, shrouded in a silence of despair and fear. This will have far-reaching impact as an assault on the dignity of many people and their bodies while root causes remain unaddressed, like the unsolved murder. In our own time, seeing story after story break about leaders sexually mistreating others is not only a gross window into the less-than-ideal private lives of individuals, it is totally destabilizing. Are we in a city or a field? Are we in a context where we can expect that individuals' bodies and dignity are taken seriously, that people will hear and people will care? Or are we in the middle of nowhere? Focusing on the importance of culture challenges us to dream of a better reality. Rabbi Yom Tov is dealing with the case of Jewish women in the Persian kingdom, where they are a minority population, victims of an external culture over which they have no control. Naming their victimhood leads to the best possible outcome in these constrained circumstances, that they may remain married to their husbands as victims of assault, rather than being treated as guilty of adultery. But his language and his teaching invites us to think about a bigger challenge. How do we take responsibility for the culture in our own communities and the leaders we put in place? How do we build a city that is a culture that cares? Throughout the Torah cycle, we have set our vision on a sexual ethic centered in mutual consent, dignity, and care. In Parshiot that have raised circumstances of sexual victimization, our interpretation of Torah can guide us to listen more closely to the experiences and needs of victims so they can reclaim their voice and their dignity. Whether Sarah at the hands of Paro, Dina at the hands of Shechem, or more general allusions to sexual pollution, the narratives and language of Torah should catch our attention and invite us to pay more and more supportive attention to individuals' real experiences of victimization and stigma. Just as classical midrash and later commentaries insist on hearing the first-person perspectives and surfacing complex feelings of our matriarchs in these stories, as we build a culture that cares, we can enact this kind of sensitive listening towards the people who decide to speak up about their experiences. This is Torah that can pave the way toward communal structures that nourish a culture that cares. Torah can inspire us not only to do a better job of responding to sexual victimization, but to proactively envision and enact a sexual ethic embedded in relationships of respect, care, and integrity. We saw that Yosef in Potiphar's house steadfastly clung to a sexual expression rooted in clarity about his identity and purpose, the thread that tied him to a sense of place in his family and spiritual inheritance. More broadly, we have explored the theological underpinnings of this sexual ethic, tracing the sources that teach that in the context of intimacy with the divine, God cares about ratzon, our own consent and desire, as we too seek to more fully understand and draw out God's ratzon. We must ground our religious lives in consent-based relationships. 
with God and others, and build from there to express deep sensitivity and care. This is the work of covenant, greet, a commitment to mutually attentive relationship that will build a life and a world where dignity thrives. Shabbat Shalom. We'll close with a melody by Deborah Saxmans for Ani Lidodi in honor of Elul. This episode of Tashma was produced by Jeremy Tabak and Sam Greenberg. I'm your host, Rabbi Avi Killip. It's been a pleasure to learn with you.